Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. This week, we are diving into a topic that is very challenging for many parents, and that is the issue of food selectivity. Food selectivity causes stress on a daily basis for many parents as they work really hard to provide a nutritional diet to their kids, but encounter these really tough obstacles. Now, I'm not a pediatric OT, but I do know enough about this just to recognize how complex these issues are, how complex these struggles are. And honestly, as I headed into this article, I was skeptical about whether progress could be made on this really complex topic in a 12-week period. But let's dive in and look at what they found. The article that we're looking at this week is called The Autism Managing Eating Aversions and Limited Variety Plan Versus Parent Education, a Randomized Control Trial. This article is found in the Journal of Pediatrics and it was published in 2019. So as you probably gathered from the title, this article looks specifically at kids with autism and food selectivity, and it explores a particular protocol called MEAL, which is Managing Eating Aversions in Limited Variety. The article was foremost a feasibility study, which is a kind of study that seeks to simply explore whether it is possible to deliver this protocol. Um, And then they also had secondary outcome measures about whether the protocol was actually effective. I do want to be sure to say right away that the meal protocol actually isn't on the market yet. This is such a recent study that it is actually still in the process of coming to market. But we thought that this research was really helpful to look at to see kind of the general guiding principles that are being put forth in these protocols and also to help us future cast what occupational therapy's role can be in protocols like this. So let's dive into some of the details. This randomized controlled trial took place over 16 weeks. It compared the meal program to simple parent education. The meal plan is a group-based program and it had a structured lesson plan on nutrition, meal structure, and steps to increasing variety in a child's diet. They also spent time doing real-time coaching with the child and the parent, and the group members were able to watch each other and learn from each other in this process. And then on top of these group sessions, the families also were given basically homework to be working on in their home setting. The group was led by a psychologist and co-led with a nutritionist. 38 children between the ages of 3 and 8 participated in this study, and half were randomly assigned to this meal protocol that I just described, and the other half were assigned to parent education. And so these parents received just basic education about autism for the same amount of time that the meal participants spent in the program. So basically they were trying to tease out, was it just the general parent education time that was helping or was this specific protocol actually helping these kids more? In the OT Potential Club, I'm going to link to just some more details about these interventions and the assessments that were used and 
a little bit more about the diagnostic criteria that they used to measure the level of food selectivity that these kids were at. But for now, let's just dive right into the results. The study found that the meal plan appeared to be a feasible program. They had a pretty good rate of sign up from the kids that were eligible, and then once they were in the program, the majority of the people stuck with it. So that information tells us that this is probably something that could be replicated and uh, that seems achievable for other clinics to do. But the really interesting part of this article was definitely the secondary outcome information, which was the efficacy information, which was the assessments that they delivered to just get an initial sense of whether this protocol was working. And the results from that were really promising. For the participants of the meal plan group, at the end of the study, they took the clinical global impression scale. And at that time, 47% of the participants rated the mealtime experience for the kids as improved or very much improved. Compared to the kids who took place in the parent education program, only 5.3% of those parents found that their kids' mealtime experience was improved. Another significant thing that they measured was just the grams consumed per meal. And for kids who participated in the meal program, the amount of food that they were eating at meals went up consistently over the program. Whereas the kids whose parents did the parent education, their grams per session actually decreased throughout the time of the trial. I'll have some more information on these results in the OT Potential Club, but I think just the main takeaway is that this preliminary data definitely suggests that this protocol may have improved the mealtime maladaptive behaviors and improved just the overall food selectivity in these kids. My first key takeaway is that it does seem that for kids with autism who have food sensitivities and selectivities, that the mealtime experience can be improved through a structured therapy program. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is obviously such a complex issue, and I was definitely wondering if whether over this 12-week period of time where they only did 10 sessions, can you actually see improvement in such a complex issue? So I thought it was really promising that we did see that preliminary improvement in the data. My second key takeaway was that these parent coaching strategies really seemed to make a difference over just parent education alone, where you're actually working with the parent as they're working with their child. And we had seen that again earlier in the club in the play project, where the OT was really playing more of a consultant role as they're working with the parents and watching them work with their child and doing that real-time coaching. So that's definitely a trend that I see emerging and makes a lot of intuitive sense to me for these pediatric cases where you have both the parent and the child involved. And again, the OT's kind of more of a consultant uh, versus just the OT and the child one-on-one. And my last big takeaway is that OTs may have some advocacy to do to be included as a provider of the meal protocol, but it definitely seems like a natural fit for our skill set. Occupational therapy wasn't actually mentioned in this article, and in my research it was unclear to me who is going to be able to provide this meal protocol assuming that it does come to market. But hopefully if there are any OTs who are familiar with this situation, you can 
let us know in the club what is happening with the development of the protocol. And again, this just seems like a place for advocacy for our profession. If there is this structured protocol that's working in this situation that OTs are typically involved in, I would really like to see OTs as a primary provider. So that is all that I have for you for the podcast today. There was a lot more in this article and I'm really excited to dive into it deeper with some of you in the OT Potential Club. As a reminder, the OT Potential Podcast, which you are listening to now, is an extension of the OT Potential Club, which is our online journal club. Each week I have a written overview of our discussion on the journal article, which is really meant to just get the conversation started around the journal article. We have people weigh in each week on what they're seeing in their practices. And to me, that's a really valuable piece of information to be taking in. Last week, we had a great discussion on ataxias, and I want to give a shout out to Sherry Stancliffe for really getting the conversation going in the club. Um, If you're not familiar with our online journal club, we do give $100 each week to the person who had the most liked comment, because we really are so grateful for the thoughtfulness and the thoroughness that we see in the comments happening in the journal club. If you're interested in signing up, you can sign up at otpotential.com. But whether or not you sign up for the online version, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today, and I hope it helps you give great care this week.